Welcome into a Sunday night edition of the Locked on Nets podcast. Today, we don't really have much of a plan. We're going to do a little Nets, little NBA playoffs, but it's a three-man pod, so it's going to be good for the first time ever. Josh Bass, Marcus Barahal, same podcast, Worlds Collide, next on the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for joining us on the Locked On Nets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Gavin Shaw. After four years covering the Phoenix Suns, I am back in my native New York to frequent Euras on the Upper East Side and cover your Brooklyn Nets. I am joined by the mystery man. He's headed to Aruba soon. <laughs> Joshua Bass. And friend of the show. He used to work for the NBA, but then he quit. Marcus Verahal. How's it going, guys? <laughs> Pretty good. I wonder if, if we stop being friends, will you still be a friend of the show? And just not a real life friend? Yeah, because I think friend of the show is that I'm friends with like the physical. The listeners, yeah. Like, yeah, them. Not you guys. You're friends with Locke. Yeah. yeah. We go yeah. way back. Yeah, that's fair. All right, uh, yeah, so we, we don't have any plan for this episode normally. As, as you guys can tell, our, our episodes are pretty tightly regimented, uh, pretty thorough rundown. Josh, in particular, really good about research and just picking up on his stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, but this time we're just, we're just kind of shooting from the hip. So I was thinking we, we, we'd do some net stuff at the beginning. And Josh, uh, you uh, sent me a question earlier today, and you were like, how many wins do you think this Nets team would have if Brad Stevens were their coach? And I thought that was pretty interesting. Could you expand on, on your reasoning for asking that? Hey, I mean, I thought it was something that I was just curious. And obviously, I think Atkinson is, has done a decent job, especially with player development. I think his in-game coaching needs work. But Stevens is such a, a savant. I mean, he's the, the top 0.001% of all NBA coaches. So I think it would be interesting to see how much he could maximize – of this next roster, which is definitely pretty devoid of talent, but uh, I think he can get them to like 33, 34 wins. Yeah. Do you guys ever remember just like a coach just like winning games for a team in like the playoffs? Like obviously, like I like I think like sometimes the Celtics talent gets a little bit underplayed because it's pretty clear that like Horford and Tatum are future all stars, if not more than that. Well, Horford but, is not current. Sorry, all-star. sorry. I meant sorry. Uh, Tatum and Tatum Anything and Brown. former all star. Yeah, sure. Tatum and Brown. Um, but I, I don't, I don't like rem- ever remember like a coach just like kind of being recognized like, oh, they're winning games on the margins because of what he's doing. And yeah. maybe, maybe we focus on that more, but do you I, guys, yeah. I feel like that's more of a football thing. Like Belichick just being able to like win his team games and obviously him and Brady are, are kind of the, the duo there. But Belichick, I mean, even when Castle was the quarterback, he was able to win them 11 games. But I feel like basketball, it's more about keeping the chemistry going and we don't really talk about how much of a difference X's and O's can make, but I mean, Stevens is just taking it to another level. Yeah, and just like going off what you're saying, football is completely different because it's like you call a play every single time. Right. Like, there's no like unscripted football plays, but in Floppy. basketball, yeah, in basketball, a lot of the time the coach is just kind of sitting back. Like Steve Kerr will just kind of hang out and like if something needs to be said, he'll say it, but a lot of the time you can just let them go. I think maybe Popovich is probably the only one who people talk about as like a coach who like really makes an impact one way or the other particularly positively. I guess Quinn Snyder this year. Spolstra. Spolstra, really good. yeah. There's definitely people... Front that, the other way. Sure. <laughs> but I think Stevens is definitely the best coach right now in the NBA. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was pretty interesting. I remember uh, Matt Howard, former Butler great, was tweeting out that like they ran the same play 
that they ran for Horford like in the NCAA tournament like seven years ago. And I, I don't know. He, he looks like uh, AJ on The Office. That's my only other Matt, Matt Howard thought. Yeah, do you think Matt Howard? I mean, he was good in college. I yeah, he was nice. He's yeah. like, he sees Horford's like, that could have been me. You know what's crazy? Matt Howard, like, theoretic, like in like another universe, could have been the best player on a title team. Because they remember they made it back the year after uh, Hayward missed a shot against Duke and got wrecked by uh, Kemba and UConn. Matt Howard. They made it to the finals? Yeah, yeah. And they lost, oh, to, yeah. And they lost yeah. to UConn, yeah. Was Sheldon Max on the team? or he? Yeah, no, no, he was on the team. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, he could have also been. Yeah. Not to be confused with Sheldon Mack of, uh, who is he on now? Sheldon McClellan. Is he on the team? Oh, yeah, Sheldon McClellan. He was on the Heat at one point, yeah, I want to say. but he changed his name to Sheldon Mack, and then oh, I think Shams tweeted that he had either gotten traded or cut, and everyone's like, no, it's Sheldon Mack. And then they're like, name change. Well, actually. I think we all realize it, but it's, it's kind of wild that Shams is our age. Not to not to get too <laughs> off track, but anyways. What is uh, your age? Me and Marks are, are younger than you. What's your age again? <laughs> <laughs> what's my age again? You're kind of the, um... The old head. Yeah. The you're, the, you're the Mrs. Robinson to, to us, too. Uh, uh, elder statesman, maybe? Perhaps? Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, the LeBron's Mike Kyrie. I'm trying to think if we have any other Nets thoughts. Mike yeah. Kevin Love. <laughs> we, we're going to do, uh, we're going to start player grades today, but you guys didn't really want to talk about you're that. Shitty. So we're going to, we're going to save it for next week. The thing is, how can we grade a performance? I feel like it's oh not right in me. It's so subjective. No, it's yeah. like, it's more, that's, it's just like a term. And I more want to just like do like an analysis. Are you doing an A through F scale? Yeah. A 4.0 scale? I can do a holistic. Yeah, yeah, like it's more, it's more holistic. Yeah, it's retrospective. Like I want to talk about like Spencer Dinwiddie's like off the court pursuits too. Eastern yeah, medicine. Like, yeah, like it's not just like it's three-point shooting. It's also like that, like you make an impact in your community. And like, Well, Spencer Dinwiddie Foundation, he's definitely doing that. Was he the community assist nominee for the Nets? Maybe. I think um, it was, um, I think it was Okafor. I'm trying to think. <laughs> was there like a bad guy in the Nets? There's no, no one in the Nets that's like a bad yeah, guy. Yeah, we have a bad person. Yeah. We have a good team. In yeah. terms of like character, everyone gets along. Um, I mean, I guess the person that comes closest to D'Angelo Russell yeah. is he D'Angelo Russell and Nick Young. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Josh, uh, you were saying you got <laughs> D'Angelo Russell recently? <laughs> we don't need to talk about that on air. Okay. All right. It's more of an offline thing. Okay, all right, we'll see. It was podcast host to host uh, confidentiality. Oh, sure. You broke the Hippocratic oath. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, officially the off season. Yes. Uh, Josh, I, any any thoughts on uh, Nets uh, free agency? I know we're, we're gonna we're gonna do more stuff on that. Yeah, I see a lot of people throwing out on on Twitter and the Nets centric sites that I that I frequent in my uh, in my spare time that the Nets should go after Aaron Gordon and give him the max. But what are your guys' thoughts on that? Because I feel like it would be kind of a a disastrous move, but maybe I'm just uh, in the in kind of the uh, minority opinion here. Yeah, I like him as a player, but I wouldn't give him the max. Yeah, I'm, I don't even really like him that much as a player, to be honest. But you would give him the max. He would. He's not like I feel like as a third option, he's good. But like he would, if he was on the Nets, he'd still be. They'd expect him to be like a top scorer, and yeah. he's still just not going to do that. Like I, I he's like a better RHA. Right. I feel like it's just so hard to know with anyone on the Magic how good they actually are. Yeah. Just because it's just, like it's similar like with the Kings and like all those kind of just teams that are not really like intentionally tanking but kind of unintentionally tanking where like I don't know how good anyone is and cuz you don't know like what the coach is telling them to do and yeah. It's just not a good system. What is the meaning of No, life? and it's it's like, it's like how we didn't find out that Alfred Payton was great until he joined the Suns. Do we find that out? Yeah. No, he's, good. That he's good. He's good. All right. Uh, anyways, that'll wrap up our Nets talk portion of the podcast. When we come back, talking Eastern Conference playoff series next on the Locked On Nets podcast. Thanks for joining us back on the Locked On Nets podcast, talking Eastern Conference 
playoff series, 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 Suri from Black Panther, great character. Uh, yeah, and we're gonna talk uh, <laughs> Raptors, Cavs, and Marcus. I understand you, you made a bet with uh, with a former guest and friend of the show and former coworker of yours, Matt Drexler, uh, former friend of yours, current friend of mine, uh, about <laughs> uh, the Cavs Raptors series. Oh, it wasn't even about the series. I think you just you just bet him that the Raptors would make the Eastern Conference Finals, right? I actually bet that they would make the NBA finals. Oh, how do you feel now that that's definitely not going to happen and you lost that bet in embarrassing fashion? Well, um, I've, I've talked about this with uh, Trexor himself. I don't. My regret is not backing the Raptors, even though they have uh, not been great. I'm more angry at myself that I bet against LeBron. I think that's the bigger issue. Mm. I think that while the Raptors have not been good, um, there have been some good signs. OG Ananobi's played well. Kyle Lowry... Gets a lot of hate, but he's shooting 63% in the series. Not enough. 22 and 8. Not enough. You know, he's a good player. DeRozan's just been trash. Uh, Fred Van Vliet is still hurt. Serge Ibaka, uh, son of the Congo, probably should go back there and just make some sons of his own. Move he, on. Yeah, he's father of the Congo at this yeah. point. I, I, forgot you really, I forgot you were really tight on immigration. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Get him out of here. <laughs> no. <Nah. laughs> um, kidding. Kidding. Of course. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think... The big like it's just the the cast of LeBron. Yeah, is what DeRozan said last year, and it's still the case this year. I, I feel bad for Toronto because they had such a great regular season, and they're just getting owned by LeBron. I mean, it's not a big deal. He's probably the greatest player of all time. Le Thanos. What? Le Thanos. <laughs> Le Thanos. <laughs> That's what the, what the the memers are calling him. LeBronto. Yeah, well, they're calling Toronto LeBronto, but he's Le Thanos. <laughs> I don't get it. Oh, uh, you got to you see Infinity War? No, I haven't. Okay, you see Infinity I hate War. movies. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Um, but yeah, I feel bad for Toronto fans because even though they're kind of annoying, especially when we had that series against them where we uh, just destroyed them in, in pretty easy fashion. Actually, it went seven games, but still. I never had a doubt in my mind we were going to lose that series. So I, don't know, I feel like they're just never going to get over the hump if it's not going to happen now. And like, where do they can't run back the same team next year? So it's like they didn't really do anything wrong, just happened to be in the same conference as the best player of all time. But like, it's just still demoralizing. Can I take a different approach on this? Was Toronto really ever that good? Like, I get like this season that like they clearly like improved and got better. But like, if Lowry and DeRozan are like your two best players, like what's really like the ceiling on that team? Like, Josh, you say they had the misfortune of being in the same conference as LeBron, but if they were in the West, would they have? gotten out of the second round the last four or five years. Like, I don't think it would be any different. Like, I just... Right. I think Toronto was, like, like another team and, like, a string of, like, Eastern Conference pseudo-contenders that gets propped up just because there really aren't that many good teams in the East and haven't been for a few years. Like, even when LeBron was on the Heat, like, I never thought that Indiana team was great. I thought they were good and they, like, were pretty well-balanced. But there just hasn't really been an Eastern Conference team that was elite since, what, like, those Heat... Shaq teams? Like, I mean, if like, was what's, there what's your definition then? Because yeah. I mean, this team won sixty games or about that, right? Fifty nine. Yeah, fifty nine. The Atlanta team a few years ago won sixty games. Yeah. Indiana was a was really good. I mean, is your definition of having an elite team like having a, a like a, a sure ballot first ballot Hall of Famer on it? I or guess like, like having like a top ten player in the league on it, or like, I or like multiple top ten guys. If you don't have a top five guy, like, do you well? Also, like, why do you think that is that the East has been so weak? Like, do you think it's just a coincidence, or is it like yeah, that is that is like a weird phenomenon? And I guess it's like been a while. Well, what's I mean, yeah, it's been like literally. It's been I, mean, our whole I think post Jordan, yeah. 
I think what it's generally attributed to is like better owners and GMs at West and like, which seems weird that like they would all like, just like end up there. It doesn't really seem to like correlate to anything. Like, I don't know. Like that's like, like you've heard about that being a fact for years and years right. and years, but you've never really gotten a reason for it. It's, it's a good question. I mean, I guess like less pressure well, at West. Well, you? here's the thing. Like, I mean, like just having like two or three or four, like really stable, good franchises, like makes like an enormous difference and like you just look at like Houston, Dallas, San Antonio, like they've all been I mean obviously not Dallas this year, but in general they've all been good for twenty years running. Yeah. And just having that as like a core like gives you such a big advantage. Is there something to do with travel, I wonder? How so? Like I guess all the teams on the Eastern time zone are in the Eastern Conference obviously and then um, the good West teams like Yeah, the good West teams of all like San Antonio, Dallas, Houston, I mean they're all in central time zone. I wonder mm-hmm. if it's like not because I feel like any time a an East team, whether it's the Nets or Knicks, goes out for like a long West Coast trip, it's always a disaster. Yeah, I do feel like those teams that are kind of in the middle maybe are more consistent. Like the three teams you mentioned were all in Texas, and then yeah. like I don't know, just because you only would lose like maybe an hour of sleep each way. But long, like big picture, like it's just who has the better players. No, yeah, I know it's, it's the talent. Yeah, I mean you like look, maybe that makes a difference on the margins. Yeah, yeah, and maybe like, also what about um, like Eastern. Cities like they're there's the larger cities like DC, New York, mm-hmm. Boston, Philly, more nightlife. Sure, I mean, obviously, yeah. the west coast has some, but like yeah. when you get to like Memphis, yeah, um, San Antonio, Utah, Oklahoma mm-hmm. City, like there's not a lot to do, you're just kind of focusing on your game. No, that, that's fair, but I, I don't, but again, like I think, I think Marcus is right, like all those things, like maybe make a difference in like the margins and it's like a couple wins every year, and I guess that that obviously does add up over time, but like we've been saying it for years, like there's such a massive talent disparity. And it, what it's been like, again, like since those Shaq Heat teams, like if LeBron hypothetically didn't make the finals one year, like think of like all the times like LeBron has had incredibly tough series. If it was any other Eastern Conference team those years, it would have been like sweeps. Like if, like if anyone else in the East had to play San Antonio in 13 and 14 or Golden State the last three seasons, like would, would the East have won a game in the last five or six years? What if you took Golden State last year and then all the, you can make a, like the Eastern Conference all-star team, who would win? Probably the Eastern Conference All-Star team, just because of the depth. But it would have been competitive yeah. if you just played the starters for 20 minutes against each other. Because that's basically what the Warriors were. We're just like a Western Conference All-Star team. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm just like thinking about it right now. I was like looking up. Might be draft luck. I mean, like who the top 10 guys are. Like how many of them are actually in the East? Like there's LeBron, Giannis, Kyrie. Like, after, like who's is Oladipo the fourth best player in the East? Yeah. And like the Toronto guys... Wall, Bradley Beal. Yeah, but like that's they're very clearly like a step down. Yeah. From like the Durant. There's also, yeah, all the top forwards. I mean, Davis, Paul George went, to the, went west. Millsap went west this season. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I'm in the process of looking up Bill Simmons' trade value column, but like I bet like if you it'd be interesting. Maybe we'll do this on a future episode. We'll like we'll we'll see like what the average is by conference. But I bet if you went, oh, I can't even find. It. I bet if you went like team by team and like player by player like you'd inevitably end up with like the west like owning like like and like the top 20 any single year would be like 14 guys right. or something like that just seems like very disproportionate right? everything i find is him explaining his yeah you would think home. that like some western conference guy who's like a free agent or something would want to come well hayward did to, yeah i guess hayward did but i'm i think it, I guess it's pretty rare like, somewhere like a little like a step up i guess well those guys don't really change it's hard for them to change teams and they want to go with the good players i mean chris paul's not going to be like i right, like send me to charlotte you yeah. know yeah that's fair but i mean like i don't know like a guy like paul george jimmy butler Millsap, they all went west and no one besides hayward really came east 
don't know. It just mm. seems like there's an opportunity there for somebody. Right? Yeah. No, definitely. I feel like if, like, I guess Kawhi now, a lot of the teams that people, like Philly and, and Nets or Knicks, mm-hmm. whomever, have, obviously that's a pipe dream. Sure. But, but uh, I think there is a real opportunity in, for the Eastern Conference if you can create a super team there. I mean, that's kind yeah. of what LeBron did. Obviously, him, Bosh, and Wade were all Eastern Conference players beforehand, but just kind of uh, consolidating them into one team, right. really. They were able to just dominate for four years um, just because there wasn't anyone challenging them, as you mentioned. Right, and and the, the thing is, like, I like I don't know from a depth perspective if this is flipping, but maybe you can make an argument it is. But in terms of top-end talent, like, I think this is going to change Maybe not dramatically in the next few years, but I, I was just mentioning like non-LeBron contenders like Philly and Boston both seem like they're going to be able to compete with anyone for like the next like five or six seasons with like the talent both those teams have assembled. And like I'd say Boston even more than Philly. They definitely seem like they'll both be around for a while. I I mean I still have injury concerns with both of those teams. Like not just Embiid, but like Simmons missed a year. Fultz is we don't know what he is, and even with the Celtics, like we all assume Hayward and Kyrie are going to come back at full strength, but like yeah. I don't. I don't know that. Yeah. I hope they do. Well, they have Rogier, so it's fine. Sure. Yeah. Scary, scary. <laughs> now, yeah, but Boston, I mean, they're just, like, so stacked with assets, and they still have the Sacramento pick. And, like, same thing with, like, Philly. Like, these people, like, forget just how many guys they've, like, stashed overseas. Like, even someone like Jonah Bolden, who, like, a lot of people liked in the draft next year could come in a few years. Uh, and, and then also, and, and the even better thing for them is because they got Covington and Embiid, assuming Embiid's healthy on such good deals, they have, like, incredible amounts of flexibility. Mm-hmm. So it just seems like both those two teams are set to dominate. And then you look at the West and like a lot of those teams are going to age out. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned Covington and obviously everyone talks about how great his contract is, but I feel like just watching him consistently, he's so infuriating because his shot selection is horrible. His defense like isn't that good. I mean, I, I feel like he's kind of like one of those guys. I feel like this was how Jake Crowder was last year where he's on such an amazing contract, but he's not really, he's getting overrated as a player just because of the value of the deal he's on. But Covington, I would not want him on my team because he's just infuriating. I think on balance, he's still a good player and I would still take him on my team. I think It's that, like Westbrook. He's the Westbrook of role players. In a way, yeah. I mean, I, I do think that he's good, but I think I agree that he is a little bit, his value is inflated or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the Jay Crowder comparison was a good one. It's kind of the thing where like, the reputation catches up to someone a little later yeah. than it should, yeah. and then by that point, it's like not necessarily accurate anymore. And I think that's what's happened with Covington. He, I mean, his deal is—I have it right here. It's like four for sixty. Four it? for forty-six. Oh wow, that's. I think that's like fair because Which is like eleven-ish. Yeah. He just makes so many boneheaded plays. Like even in the series against Miami, there were times where like he wasn't even coming to the ball and in, in inbounds. He's just like a space cadet, it seems. And he's always hoisting up threes with like fifteen on the shot clock and. He's just not a good enough player to justify it. I feel like his b-ball IQ is uh, lacking, as they say. Yeah, no, that's fair. All right, uh, we'll we'll take a quick break and then come back and uh, wrap this one up. Uh, do do either of you guys have a good greeny tease just off the top of the, top of the dome? Coming up, we'll tell you why Shane Larkin is going to be an all star. Coming up, I'll tell you why the mid range shot is actually the most efficient shot in basketball. Coming up. I'll tell you why Brad Stevens is actually hurting the Celtics. Coming up, I'm going to tell you why Gerald Green's half-finger is the key to the Rockets' title hopes. Thanks for joining us back on the Locked on Nets podcast. I know we just gave you a lot of greeny teases. We're not going to answer any of them because uh, most of them would uh, get me fired. So we're going to, we're going to just uh, keep moving on. All right, uh, Josh, I believe, has a uh, grinds my gears. It's been a fun day of the uh, the three of us uh, watching basketball together. We, we saw the Warriors blow out the Pelicans. 
Uh, you guys weren't watching with me last night, but I saw the end of the Celtics Sixers game. That was pretty amazing. Josh, did you you were watching the end of that? Right? You sent me like a. Um, I left after once went to overtime. Oh, you you didn't stay for the, them to clear all the confetti. The confetti up. No, I didn't. So, <laughs> so celebrating. I was their, in their transit. Deficit. I was on the. Uh, a little thing we call the subway, Gavin. Yeah, oh, I'm in New York. Maybe you've heard of it. No, I'm I'm more of a VIA guy. But uh, what was I gonna say? I'm I'm so torn. He's like I'm 100% rooting for Philly in that series, and like I really like Philly, and like I really don't like Boston. But at the same time, like I feel like they kind of deserve to lose after the confetti thing. Yeah. Also, MB has zero touch in the post. Yeah. Yeah, you were saying that earlier. Well, he like because he could like kind of create room against Horford, but like Horford obviously like unless like. They were like outside on the perimeter, and and Embiid could blow by him. Like he wouldn't really let him get that close well, to the basket. So like his dribble drive game is so inefficient and slow, and he, it's like I feel like it ends up always just being a charge or just a wild shot or travel. I mean, he really just needs to. I mean, I feel like it's a problem because they don't run any sort of pick and roll, and I feel like he would be a devastating pick and roll player because um, he can finish pretty well on the move for his size, and also he's just massive. So like once he's getting some momentum, he could be good. And Simmons is obviously a great pa- passer, but uh, Brett Brown doesn't really run any uh, pick and roll, like, which is surprising in this day and age. Yeah, no, and it, it's weird because uh, they also have like all the shooting you need for it. Like you figure, like you run a pick and roll with those two in space with Urson, Marco, and JJ, and that would be really, really effective. And I know um, we're we're not the first people to mention this, but it really does seem like their offense is kind of bogged down quite a bit. You can obviously you can give a lot of credit to Brad Stevens and like the Celtics consistently putting out five really strong defenders. But it also just seems like they were operating at a much higher level when Simmons was allowed to be surrounded completely by shooters, and now they're just taking possessions off to throw it into Embiid. And uh, shout out to our, our boy uh, Bill Simmons uh, for actually getting this right. Uh, he like he, he called it like like nothing happens when they throw the ball to Embiid. Like literally everyone just stands around and they just like possessions just kind of die. Yeah, Embiid. I mean, he's averaging twenty four and fifteen in the series, but he's only shooting forty three percent, which obviously is a guy as big as he is. You don't want to see that. JJ's really been the only guy who's shown up for the series, I think. Yeah. He's been good. I feel bad for... I, I'm, I was so happy when Marco hit that shot because I kind of felt, like, heartbroken for JJ, like, if he had, like, felt like he was responsible for blowing the series with that pass. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. We might... They ne- might need to break out uh, Rashawn Holmes. Yeah, where's he been? I don't know. I, I would... He's I was thinking... He's Amir Johnson. I, I, he's played two minutes this season. He's a good fallen angel candidate for another team to trade for him. I know... I know McConnell's been good, but I would, like... I'd try and get Fultz some minutes next game just, like for, like, the variability. He's, like, he at least, like, has, like, the talent to maybe, like, make something happen. I mean, McConnell's making stuff happen. He was yeah. deflecting he's, passes, he's getting his balls. He's in the series. Right, I mean, so he's not the problem with Bench Ben Simmons? I would. No, I, I mean, I, would, I, mean I, I wouldn't mind taking away a few minutes and trying full for, think like half a quarter yeah, or so. Brett Brown should start game four with uh, Furkan Korkmaz, Timothy Luau Cabrero. I love TLC. Um, Ersan, Rashawn Holmes. Just get, bring all, it's like a college move on mm-hmm. senior day. Yeah. Where you have all the walk-on start. Yeah. Can I just... I'm just I'm just going to throw this out there. I know uh, the 0-3 comeback has never happened, but, like, this would kind of be the series for it. Because, like, yeah. the Celtics team isn't, like, so talented that, like, they, like, couldn't lose four in a row. Like, I kind of think just Brad Stevens is too good of a coach for that to happen. And that Boston environment is too strong for Philly to go back and win twice there, just given how this series has gone. But I don't think it's, like, impossible, impossible. Like, it wouldn't, like blow my mind if like obviously like they have to win this first game and then like they have to go win in Boston and then they have to win they one more to win the first game but and then game seven they'd have to win again but right but I, I still they'd all, they'd all probably be must wins well game six like, no you're right no, no yeah, 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 yeah they have to okay. yeah, yeah um 
Yeah, I don't know. I can see it happening. I guess is my point. Yeah, I mean, we just saw sixteen beat a one. So yeah, this is the, that, the wouldn't that be crazy if both happened the same yeah. year? Wild. All right, Josh, uh, a oldie but a goodie. What's grinding your gears of late? Um, sure. So obviously, <laughs> playoff basketball is in. Don't, don't act thing. like I didn't tell you beforehand we were going to do this. Shh. And you're like, oh, I'm putting me on the spot. All right, I'll do it. You're breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. Jeez, oh, sorry, Kevin. So, sorry, listeners. Hmm. So this is off the cuff. Don't listen to anything Gavin said. Given. Uh, <laughs> but um, the playoff games, obviously, everyone has to wear whatever dumb shirt the team chooses. And I just feel like they're so indulgent. And also, they just, like, I get it, it kind of looks cool when everyone's in the same color. But, like, eh, these are, like, grown people. You know, maybe the kids can do it. But, like, if I'm going to a game, I don't want to wear some, like, cheaply made shirt that the Nets are giving me that says Bone Goal on it, you know? Just let everyone wear what they want. If the crowd's good, the crowd's good. If the crowd's bad, it's going to be bad, regardless of whether they're all wearing the same uh, CS Rise or Strength in Numbers shirts. Yeah, the CS Rise one in particular was, I could not read it. I thought it said Cuss Cries because of the mm-hmm. big C. And I, yeah, I think I agree. I mean... We the North one was cool back in the day, yeah, like three the years one, ago. The one color thing is cool. I like also when they do like alternating sections. It's cool for like that one wide shot at the start of the game. But whenever they get close up and you see like a close-over player in the background, there's just like some rich guy in the second row with a t-shirt over his like... <laughs> Mitt Romney. Yeah. 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 yeah, Mitt Romney type. Well, I think or Mitt Romney, they so. do it because they don't want it to make it look empty, right? So yeah. that even you can't even tell if someone's not there just because you see that it's the ugly mustard-colored yeah. shirt or whatever. There's no empty seats. You just see like a wave yeah. of the same color, basically. Yeah, I don't know. I thought Mitt Romney had some good ideas, and they were maybe shot down too quickly. All right, that's it for the Locked On Nets podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with Jeremy Cash. <laughs>